Our sermon series, A Change is Going to Come, continues today as we journey with the prophets through this Advent season. Today, with the prophet Zephaniah in the third chapter, starting in verse 14. Rejoice, daughter Zion. Shout, Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your judgment. He has turned away your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is in your midst. You will no longer fear evil. On that day it will be said to Jerusalem, Don't fear, Zion. Don't let your hands fall. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you those worried about the appointed feasts. They have been a burden for her, a reproach. Watch what I am about to do to all your oppressors at that time. I will deliver the lame. I will gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and fame throughout the earth. At that time, I will bring all of you back. At the time when I gather you, I will give you fame and praise among all the neighboring peoples when I restore your possessions and you can see them, says the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My buddy Jeff is a pediatric otolaryngologist in Atlanta. Now, just that name alone means I don't understand what he does. But um, I know that Jeff, through the work he did in, in a fellowship and things like that, that he does not really care for having to do like the, uh, the, the tubes in little kids' ears and the tonsillectomies that you have to do when you're in that line of work. But what he really, really enjoys doing is, is a surgery called a cochlear implant. He sent a story to us to our buddies like three years ago about one of his patients, and the story had actually made it to U.S. News and World Report. And it's a story about a girl named Grace who's three years old. And Grace had come home for a Christmas break from her preschool, and on that, that next day was not feeling herself at all. In fact, was laying around all afternoon and was feverish, and they took her to the hospital. She ended up being kept in the pediatric intensive care unit uh, where she had meningitis. And after 10, they're supposed to clear a fever for 10 days um, before leaving the intensive care unit with meningitis at that age. And it took her 21 days on heavy antibiotics to, to get rid of that fever. And soon after leaving, her mom noticed that she wasn't singing along to her favorite songs uh, in key or in time like she ever did. She wasn't in sync with Beyonce, which is hard to not be. And so, so she was not singing along with, with the songs. Her, they, they, they sought more care for her and took her into the doctor. What they found was that Grace would need this cochlear implant surgery. In fact, she wasn't hearing at all. Her hearing, she had basically become completely deaf as a result of the meningitis. So the choice was either that she would be deaf or have an eight to 10 hour surgery, this cochlear implant with the possibility of hearing again. So my buddy Jeff performs this cochlear implant surgery upon her in the March, in March of 2019. She gradually rehabs, and by that school year of 2019, she was going into her pre-K classroom 
with full hearing restored, right? Now, Jeff shared this story with us, and I knew that he had been in school for like eternity um, to do things like this, right? He shares this story, and first of all, I'm amazed by it because my buddy who I talk about music with and played a lot of video games with in college uh, was performing the surgery that could change someone's life like this with such delicacy and, um, and amazement. The second thing that I was mostly amazed by is the life change that happened for Grace and for her family and for anyone who receives this cochlear implant surgery. Because for her, hearing was completely restored. It's, it, it's like Jesus touching someone's ears, right? And them going from being deaf to hearing. I mean, it's, it's that miraculous of a surgery. It's an amazing story. It's heartwarming. It's awe-inspiring. So what is so appealing to us about restoration? That's a question I want us to dwell with today. What is so appealing to us about restoration? I think the first thing is restoration is rarely deserved. Restoration is, is grace. Listen to verse 15. The Lord has removed your judgment. He has turned away your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, the Lord has removed your judgment. He has turned away your enemy is where I want to focus. The rest of Zephaniah before this is a downer. It doesn't show up in your lectionary texts. You, you all probably don't go to Zephaniah first thing every single morning to these three chapters. It is a rough outlook for the people of Israel who are about to be exiled. It's a word of doom and gloom like many of the prophetic words are. And before this t- passage happens, everything else in this text is about God bringing judgment upon his unfaithful people of Israel. But then, there's this beautiful picture of the remnant who is going to return back to Israel. The remnant who remains faithful after and through all of this exile that's impending. Israel, in this case, did not deserve restoration. They deserved the exile that was coming. But God is in the restoration business. I think about Nickel Mine, Pennsylvania, in 2006. And those Amish families, where five girls were shot up in that Amish schoolhouse. And those Amish families respond by pretty close to immediately forgiving the killer. And some of the parents who's, who had just buried their daughters the day before in a service attended the man's burial who killed their children. And they reached out to his widow and their three children. Now, that doesn't mean that, that those people's grief had just moved on and that, and that they were done with it. I think quite the contrary. But forgiveness made it possible for that family and for their community to experience restoration. This is grace in action. It's what we need more of. That's why these stories of restoration, I think, They inspire us so much. Because even though restoration is not deserved, it is a picture of grace. What else is appealing to us about restoration? Well, I think it's this. Restoration is about harmony. It's when the song of life becomes beautiful again. Listen to these words of verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love. He will rejoice over you 
with singing. The Lord, the King of Israel, being in your midst, for the people who have just experienced Zephaniah's prophecy to this point, would not have seemed like very good news <laughs> to start, right? Because the Lord had been the one bringing judgment upon his people. But here, here, the Lord is presented like a mother singing bedtime songs over her infant. It's amazing in this passage that it is not us, the ones who are restored, doing the praising to God and the singing. Rather, it's God. God singing over God's beloved, the people of Israel, in turn, us. And God's song means that God accepts Israel once again, that God can inhabit her, that he can dwell in their midst, and that he will keep her safe from any other attacks. Friends, that song of life, the song of life is only beautiful when you know and understand that you are God's beloved. So much of the pain in this world is caused because people don't believe that God loves them that God could even sing over them. We feel beat up as people. We age and we feel like we've lost a step or two or three. We feel like we're an old home that hasn't been cared for in a while. But there's a beauty about restoration because we're all like hardwood floors in a hundred-year-old house. And at some point, when it was in style, those floors got covered up, covered up with carpet, and frankly, ugly carpet, right? And, 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 and there's nail marks along the side where it, where it was nailed on there. But God steps in. He sees the beauty that is present within. And he gets down and he sands those floors. He restains them and brings them back to the glory for which they are intended. Restoration. Friends, I encourage you today to let God sing God's very song of love over you. If you haven't heard that song before, I pray you would hear it today. Simply God's song that says, My beloved, you are loved. Rest in my love. If you hear songs that are minor and out of tune, songs that sound like you're messed up, no one will really love you when they find out. You are... Those songs are not from God. God sings songs of restoration and love. And we can respond back to God in love and praise once we have heard God's celebration song for us. Friends, this is ultimately what Christmas is all about. God coming into our midst in Jesus is God's song of love for us. God is in our midst, mighty to save 
God loving us and inviting us to love God in return. God making the song of life beautiful once again. Restoration is wonderful because it's rarely deserved. It's about grace. It's because it's about harmony and the song of life becomes beautiful again. And finally, restoration is about future hope. Verse 19, watch what I am about to do to all your oppressors at that time. I will deliver the lame. I will gather the outcasts. I will change their shame into praise and fame throughout the earth. At that time, I will bring all of you back at the time when I gather you. I will give you fame and praise among all the neighboring peoples when I restore your possessions and you can see them, says the Lord. The people of Israel would not have been able to imagine this restoration in the midst of their exile. It would be way too good to be true. Like a family resigned to their child being deaf, they could not imagine surgery where the hearing would be restored. And God promises them that their oppressors will be destroyed. And then he promises to the lame and to the outcast, which basically encompasses everyone left after the exile. Everyone left. God will deliver you and God will gather you. You've been scattered all over. God will gather you back and change their shame into praise and fame. Friends, these people of Israel needed a word of hope. They could not imagine something good, especially this good, in the midst of an exile, unless they had a word from God. So God promises to gather the community who is scattered. And ultimately, God will restore Israel to glory, restore relationship with the God whom they have been estranged from, Friends, ultimately, the entire story of the Bible is really a story of restoration. God creates the world good. And we are a part of that good creation. Yet there's a fall from that goodness, a fall wherein we seek our own wills and power. This is not just the story of Adam and Eve but it's a story of the entire Old Testament. And we, in fact, whenever we read it, we recognize our story. That story of Adam and Eve is a typology for us where we see, oh my, is that not the temptation we face to try to take it over ourselves, to try to handle it on our own, and we see how it gets messed up, where humanity cannot be fully restored back to God. But then God comes into our creation in Jesus works out of that very stuff of creation to redeem and to restore all of us. To restore us to relationship with God and with one another. To restore the world to God's very intentions for its flourishing. Charles Wesley wrote this beautiful hymn, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. And the final verse of that hymn, it has these words, Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless let us be. Let us see thy great salvation perfectly restored in thee. Perfectly restored in thee. Friends, we are a part of God's story of restoration. 
we ourselves are restored by God's blessing song over us. And we are like prophets, helping people see that the world they see is not how the world always will be. May we sing that song of restoration into our world today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.